my name is Jenny Kwong. And I'm Nathan Taylor. Welcome to ArtsLink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary on Treaty 7 lands and Métis Region 3. So what do you have for us this month, Nathan? Well, Jenny, this month I'm covering the Maker Fair, running from May 14th to the 15th at the BMO Centre. I have an interview with Daniela Vascalic, actor and co-writer of the production Dora Mar, The Wicked One, a story about love, obsession, and Picasso, as part of the High Performance Rodeo Spring Edition from May 5th to the 14th at the Big Secret Theatre. Here's my interview with Daniela Vascalic. So I guess, uh, tell me, um, who was Dora Mar and why did you uh, uh, create this play about her? Well, Dora Mar was one of uh, Pablo Picasso's uh, muses and, um, and lovers. And she was quite a well-known, uh, in her time, uh, surrealist. She was a photographer and she was an artist. And we uh, we don't know much about her. Uh, she was quite overshadowed by Picasso, um, and he painted hundreds of uh, pictures of her. And so she had it was a very interesting woman who had a very interesting life. And um, just now, people are starting to do retrospectives of her work. Uh, the Tate uh, Modern in uh, London did one, uh, showing her photographs. And the more that uh, my co-writer and I, Beth Graham, researched this woman, we thought that it was a very fascinating uh, look into being into a relationship with a famous artist, the the consequences of that, the sacrifices of that, and we wanted to tell her story. Um, What was involved in researching uh, Dora Maar uh, as someone who may not have been written much about before? Well, um, we... We had researched a little bit about her uh, in the past. We've been kind of thinking about her for a long time. And there's actually now starting to be quite a bit uh, written about her. So with a lot of newspaper articles, she lived quite a long time uh, into the 90s. And so, you know, there were a lot of when she passed away, um, she had a, a, hit, a collection of, of gifts and things that um, Picasso had left her. And so, of course, there was a lot of buzz around what would be found. And so a lot of things started being written about her and coming out about her in the 90s, um, as well as, as I said, people started talking about her work. And um, the woman that uh, Picasso left her for, um, Francoise Gillot, wrote a biography and she talked quite a bit about his relationship with Dora Mar. And so it was sort of through other people's perspectives um, and uh, that we learned about her. And so we wanted to give her a voice. And so tell me about her as a surrealist artist. Um, well, she was in that surrealist circle with people like Man Ray um, and other photographers, Paul Breton, um, other surrealist photographers at that time in, in France. And her medium was photography, which was relatively new at that time. And so she would do a lot of collage work. Uh, she would superimpose images on top of each other. And uh, photography, as I said, you know, often ob- obviously black and white. And it was a very new medium. And it was, you know, there weren't a lot of women at that time exploring uh, the medium of photography. And so she she was very 
close in this circle of other surreal artists. And that uh, that was really where she thrived. I mean, she did study as a painter as well. She did do she did paint and, and do other work, but she, her real passion was photography. And so what was it like uh, bringing her life to a, a stage production? Oh, uh, well, it's been exciting. I mean, you know, she was such a fascinating person and she knew so many. I mean, and, and obviously people are fascinated by the artist Picasso. And, you know, he had, um, as we know, many tumultuous, tumultuous relationships. And what we really wanted to explore was um, her as an artist and uh, how she, you know, her identity and, and how do you um, compare yourself or how do you live with such a, a, a famous person and not lose yourself? And so really we explored, you know, their meeting and, um, and you know, people often said that she flew too close to the sun, that he was really a god. Uh, in that world and in the art world today, and that you know anyone who ar- who was around him was was consumed by him, and so you know putting all of those feelings, emotions, the journey, uh, the joy of being with him, the heartbreak of being with him, um, all of those things um, was fascinating, but also a lot of things that you know I think everyone can relate to in terms of falling in love with someone and and finding their journey with them and, and becoming lost with it, becoming lost in that relationship and so with the with um dharma as a visual artist how do you bring to life the visual aspects of the play to an audience uh well we do it through mostly through the medium of words i mean theater is very much um we uh, uh, you know, an, an aural medium, and it can be visual as well. But I think what's so beautiful about theater is the power of words. And so we use a lot of surrealist language. I mean, there were also, there's some poetry, but, you know, not very much. We talk a lot about her work, the visual aspect of her work, and really allow the audience to use their imagination and to really take them on a journey of what it feels like to the experience of, of painting something. I mean, often in the visual medium, we just see the finished product, but we don't go on the journey of what it is to create that product. And so I think, you know, in this play, along with many other things, we explore uh, the journey the visual artist goes through when they're capturing that image, either through painting or photography. And so what was it like uh, creating the piece as well as being part of the piece? Yeah. Uh, well, it was it's, it's very different. It's like you have to put on a different hat. The piece is created with my co-writer, Beth Graham. Uh, we've worked together quite a bit over the years. And um, we really created this show. Uh, it, it, you know, it's become a one-person show, which I'm performing. Um, but, you know, once once we get into the rehearsal aspect, you take your writer's cap off and, you know, she remains the writer in the room and I put on my my acting hat. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You do use a very different part of your brain. All right. And I guess, uh, tell me, uh, I guess, um, have you done um, a workshop display before and how it has uh, been received by those uh, you've, already shown the work too. 
Well, this is a world premiere. Um, so we've done a little bit of workshops, a little bit of rehearsals here and there, but the play will really be seen uh, for the first time by this audience at High Performance Rodeo. And the audiences, you know, the One Yellow Rabbit High Performance Rodeos are so uh, such a thrilling place to get to premiere this show because you know, they're so open and receptive to new work, excited by new experiences. And I really think that we couldn't have asked for a better place to to really have the world premiere of this show. So we're very, very excited to share uh, Dora Mar, the Wicked One. And you'll have a month-long run in Calgary. And so I guess, uh, how do you see it going? Well, the run will be um, actually uh, May 5th to the 14th. Uh, the entire High Performance Rodeo Festival will be on for the month, so there'll be lots of different shows on. Uh, but we'll run for 10, they'll have 10 performances opening on May 5th. Um, and yeah, we're very excited about that. And I guess, um, uh, what was it about this uh, time period that it made it um, a good uh, time to like push boundaries in terms of art? Well, it was, um, I mean, the time period of the play. Yeah, of the well, time was, period that Dora Mar lived in. That, that Dora Mar lived in. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a groundbreaking time for women in the, in the visual arts. I mean, it was, it was women were only at that time being allowed to go to uh, art schools in Paris. And, you know, they were, they were finally, you know, being able, being taken seriously as artists, um, painters, uh, obviously, photography was a new medium, so we really wanted to to explore that. And of course, the men, male artists of that time, were so dominant, and you know that these women were able to break through, that they were taken seriously, that their art was revered, was very exciting for us. And then the impact, of course, that World War II had on art in general. I mean, there was a huge backlash against modern art, um, you know, degenerate art was a huge thing for uh, the Nazis. They destroyed a lot of artwork uh, by famous, famous artists, um, as well as, of course, the, all the other atrocities that occurred. And so it was such a tumultuous time period um, for uh, for everyone involved. And of course, there's so much um, there to write a play about living through that time, our time spans, and then also to be in a relationship with a famous artist like Picasso. So our play, um, you know, time span is there is over their 10-year relationship, which includes, you know, the years leading up to and including World War II. All right. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, thanks again for uh, uh, joining me here on this uh, uh this uh, morning, and I'll hopefully I'll be able to talk to you again sometime soon. Yes, Jenny, I would love that. Thank you so much for taking the time, um, and I hope that your listeners will come out and, and experience the show. All right, thank you. Okay. Hi, it's Jenny again. That was my interview with actor and co-writer Daniela Vascalek about the show Dara Mar, The Wicked One, a story about love, obsession, and Picasso. The show is at this year's High Performance Rodeo from May 5th to the 14th at the Big Secret Theatre in Arts Commons. For more information and tickets, visit www.hprodeo.ca. 
Next is a song by local band Raleigh. The song is called Wordlessness from the 2011 album New Times in Black and White. Start at the bottom, building a trail, grow the covering with moss. Away from the diamonds, into the hills, spreading till it's lost. Clearness keeps the center still. Gardens grow all on their own. We're all just a funeral. Can't deny it's beautiful. We're all just a funeral. song by Calgary band Raleigh from their album New Times in Black and White released in 2011. The track is called Wordlessness. Now here is co-host Nathan Taylor. Thanks Jenny. The Calgary Maker Fair is an all-ages gathering of exhibits designed to promote an interest in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. It's happening May 14th and 15th at the BMO Center. And I'm glad to be bringing you a couple of interviews, one from organizer Dean White of Roots to STEM and Calgary Rocketry. The other interview is with Rochelle Levine, who will be speaking on a fascinating three-dimensional craft called book art. First up, organizer Dean White of Roots to STEM. So Roots to STEM, can you tell us about 
what that does. I mean, STEM is, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. Can you tell us what, how that incorporates it with uh, Roots to STEM, what, you're, uh, what it does? Well, Roots to STEM is a uh, youth education organization with STEM. Uh, we support schools. We have after-school programs. We have evening programs. We have work with the indigenous youth. We uh, work with uh, Chinook Rotary to, to bring uh, programs to with different schools um, and uh, support a lot of uh, underserviced youth with those programs. Um, but we have uh, every, uh, some summer camps. We have uh, junior, junior engineering programs, uh, aerospace academy. We have our, our uh, wonderful space camp here, which is really filling up this year. Um, and we have a lot of partnerships with the Calgary community to bring a wonderful program to the kids. And uh, we are now uh, bringing all that to the Calgary Maker Fair and trying to build it back up as everybody is with, after COVID. So we're trying to bring a bit more to the, uh, the uh, root system into the Maker Fair. So this event that's going on at the BMO Center is quite large, and we'll put a link up to the uh, CGSW website for ArtsLink so people can see all the different um, groups that are setting up booths. What I'd like to ask you is, it, it does say in the frequently asked questions that this isn't meant to be you know, a, um, a market where people can just go and buy stuff. These are uh, you know, booths that people can peruse and actually go, and they're trying to teach you something. I understand that you're involved in one of them as well. Could you tell us about that? Well, I'll be involved with a few of them. I'll be running around uh, the whole area. We want makers of all ages and, and uh, backgrounds to bring in uh, whatever they want to make. We do have a few that do want to sell, but that's not our focus. It's, our focus is on uh, uh, you know, nonprofit and that sort of thing. Uh, people who just want to share their, their ideas and uh, their projects. Everything from electric Volkswagen to a... Uh, book art to uh, rocketry. Uh, we have a lot of those folks that just want to share. And Root System will have a few activities. We're going to bring in a lot of our own equipment, uh, do some soldering, do some uh, competitions. We have a hackathon that we want to do, uh, just trying to build it up to, and open it up to everybody to enjoy. And uh, as a final question, can you let us know what Calgary Rocketry has in store for anyone that shows up to the Maker Fair? Well, they're going to show you some things. I have uh, trying to work with them to this week and trying to get them to do some uh, launchers for parachutes and just show off uh, like the t-shirts at the, at the games. We're going to try and launch some uh, rockets uh, with air pressure and uh, have some parachutes inside the facility and do some cool things like that. Trying to get them to build that and see if we can go, but we're going to show off some really cool rockets. Some that look like uh, model rockets of V2s or, or uh, the, uh, the, uh, Apollo Saturn V, uh, but they have some uh, amazing technology there for the group. Amazing. So we do invite people out, come out and uh, see if they want to join the club. I would just like to invite all the engineering students out to come out and show off their projects. They have a lot of capstone projects they showed off this year from the engineering students and come on down, show everybody what you've done. And that's what we really want to see. A lot of the community coming out to show off at the Calgary Maker Fair. That was Maker Fair organizer Dean White of Roots to STEM and Calgary Rocketry. Next up, Rochelle Levine of beautifulbookart.ca to describe her craft, which will be one of the booths featured at the Maker Fair, May 14th and 15th at the BMO Center. 
So looking at your gallery at your website, beautifulbookart.ca, I'd maybe describe book art as pop-up books that use every single page to make an image. How would you describe the effect that you cause? You know, it, it, it's really kind of funny that you did say pop-up book because when I'm working on a book, I the image pops up as I do the book. So it in the folding, strictly by folding the book in two places, allows the words to come to life. When you're doing this, it seems like uh, it works sort of in a way of a, like a, a, a printer or a th even a 3D printer because you're going page by page. And so it takes a while for the image to sort of come out in the book. Can you describe how you came across this process? And could you describe it a little bit in detail? Um, I was given a book about five years ago by a friend of ours, and it was the word family. And I said, I have to know how to do this because this is an amazing thing. And in the process, I did very quickly because I just couldn't believe that I was able to get this process happening. Um, I did five books rather quickly and gave them to family. And the reaction was incredible. So I started joining Facebook groups and internet groups um, and just kind of like honed my craft, um, made different items and then did a, jumped into the craft market. And the reactions from patrons through the markets were incredible. They've never seen this before. So it just drove me to do more and more. And then thinking of certain books for gifts, I started into decorating with, with paper flowers. So it just added to the whole image. Now, uh, looking at your gallery also, um, there are a lot of books that have words uh, written in them like you described, but I'm also seeing some, some very um, interesting and, and uh, very detailed images, uh, not least being Scooby-Doo. Oh, Scooby-Doo was so fun to do. <laughs> I've actually done Scooby-Doo twice. The second one was for a silent auction for a little boy out in Strathmore that was uh, having some health issues and they, they threw a big party for him and I donated a book to them. And his, uh, I, I point to my left because on my wall in my living room is, the, is his photo and his thank you note to me. Uh -huh. um, but Scooby-Doo was so much fun. So Scooby-Doo is... is folded top and bottom, and then the center is cut so that it forms that 3D image of Scooby-Doo. Oh, I see. Um, now, I was going into looking at these uh, book arts thinking, okay, well, I'm going to get, you know, the, the physically largest book I can to try and work on something like that. But that's, <laughs> that's not actually how it goes. You're talking about the thickness of a book is what makes the canvas, right? Correct. Um, a lot of things, um, I take an image off the internet. The, on the profile on the Calgary Maker Fair website is my lion in Africa. Now, for, I got that pattern from a, the lady in, U, in the UK uh, and, and did that. It was incredible. So that pattern has a set number of pages for it. So you look for a book that has about, you know, maybe just a few over. But good quality books, like Good Corners, um, Good Spine, 
there's a lot of things to look for. So when I go to a, a used bookstore and they have one here where I live and I spend lots of money at the used bookstore <laughs> because, you know, I, this is another thing with book art. What happens to used books that don't get sold? They go in the blue bin and it's a good way to recycle, reuse, and make something out of something that really, if it doesn't go anywhere, it's going in the, in the recycling bin. So if we can get um, things like that, it's a, it's a whole nother way of just using something to make a something that's absolutely unique. Um, I had a man that wanted, his name is, his wife's name is Cheryl. She want, he wanted to get her a book. All he wanted was her name. And she likes the color orange. So I put orange on the inside of the covers. And she thought that was the most amazing gift from her husband. So I've done wedding gifts and wedding gifts. I go and buy books from like the libraries with those, um, the collection books with the nice red soft cover and the gold edge pages. So there's, yeah, there's some uniqueness depending on what, I mean, I've done the word, I've done the book, God bless in a Stephen King book, Tommy knockers. So it was, and I didn't even, didn't even realize it until later on when a lady who wanted the book said, Oh my gosh, this is so true to me. She said, it's like the, the good versus evil. Oh, uh, it's coming like so. She's taking meaning from the book, the Tommyknockers, as well as as the evil book. <laughs> but God bless being the good coming out of it. It was incredible. I never even thought about it, but just the way it worked out, it was a it was a book that had the right number of pages for the image that I wanted, and it just kind of worked. <laughs> but it uh, so books are are something where I I peruse through and I'm, I'm constantly looking. Yes. That's about the number of pages that I want for that image. So that one I take and I come home and I, you know, page number and hide the book. And then I can make whatever image that I choose from those. Now I'd like to add as an add on to that question, what types of books work well, you mentioned a specific number of pages that works for flexibility in order to make whatever you want. So saying that between you're looking for something between 350 and 622 pages, something in that area. Yes. I mean, I've used, uh, I've, I've done some larger books and I did a happy mother's day. So three lines with, so each line had its word, happy mother's day strictly folded and it um, was a thousand eight and those are huge books and I did three in one year for Mother's Day and it was a lot so I try and reduce that by a little bit because you know thousand page books are not exactly something that's easy to find I think books are amazing and it's it's paper um, so it's easy if you screw up it doesn't matter. I mean, you can you can put it in the bin if you need to. Um, I've put a few in the bin, um, but it uh, it certainly is is something where, I mean, I've 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 looked at a gotten a book to do book folding in and went, oh, this is interesting, and sat and read it um, <laughs> because it it piqued my interest even more than just putting it in a book fold. 
That was Rochelle Levine of beautifulbookart.ca, one of the exhibitors at the Maker Fair, May 14th and 15th at the BMO Center. Visit the Arts Link section of cgsw.com for links to everything discussed on this episode. So, from Jenny and Nathan, talk to you folks again in June.